0: It's not that uncommon for Bible students to give up the faith once they begin to dive into an academic study of the Bible.
1: The Bible is a lot more complex and confusing than our churches often make it out to be.
2: So how do we read this book and better understand its authority? That conversation and more on today's episode of Jackson Cloud.
0: talk about the authority of the Bible the Bible is obviously a very important piece of Christianity and uh, uh, the authority that it has grounds our beliefs in things there's fights over what this thing says there's huge debates over what this thing says there's probably been wars waged because of what this thing says and it gets mistranslated it gets thrown all over the place you guys ever see the book of Eli yep you see The Book of
1: Eli? Is that a movie? a movie.
0: It's or a movie. you mean the act- okay? No, 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 there's no Book of Eli. You're gonna- <laughs> but you're going to read that one. Uh, no, The Book of Eli is a movie with uh, um, Denzel Washington. And it's an apocalyptic style movie. So it's like worlds falling apart and there's no Bibles left. They've all been burned. And there's this kind of like guy running this apocalyptic neighborhood who wants to get his hands on a Bible. He's like, if... If I had a Bible, they believe anything I say, you know, and like it's a very good picture of how people treat the Bible sometimes. It's, as long as I can find a verse in here, <laughs> take they have it out to of take context, it. they have to listen to me, and they'll do whatever I say. So they're searching for like just one Bible so that you can control the world, basically, or at least his time. Anyways, that's kind of an image of what Christians look like when it comes to the Bible and interpreting it, and. All different kinds of things. So, um, obviously, we've all been probably taught a pretty high view of the Bible. Uh, what have you guys kind of been taught in regards to Scripture and its purpose and all that?
1: Um, it's God's Word, to sum it up simply, hmm. is pretty much what's taught.
0: Yeah. So sort of like a don't-challenge-it feeling with that? or
1: I mean, it's a lot of, this is God's Word. This is what it says. This is what it means. Don't question what we're telling you.
0: Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And on your side of things?
2: Uh, generally divinely inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is God's word. Uh, it was written down by humans, but it was divinely inspired while it was written down. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we treat it as though, like, as... Jeremiah's writing, his eyes roll back in his head, and he's, you know, the Holy Spirit takes over. And just, I've seen
2: Hollywood pictures of that. Yeah, you
0: know, but that's actually occultic thinking. That's automatic writing in the occult is when a spirit possesses you and takes over and does a bunch of... That's not That's not God thinking. That's, that's satanic thinking. So first off, when we treat the Bible like that, not only are we picturing it in a devilish kind of way but we're also picturing in the light that other religions picture their holy words where an angel shows up and dictates you will write all this down just like this you know that's that's part of what separates Christianity from other religions is we don't treat our sacred word like that but at the same time it's it's god's sacred authoritative word so there is this state in which people take it to such a a degree where they'll say that this is inerrant Uh, in other words like there can be no errors in it whatsoever it is perfect perfect in every last way and like this is god's word i don't mean to belittle it at all but like there are things that we would humanly consider blatant errors, at least in our society. So like, in Chronicles so there's like 1st King, 2nd King, Samuel, some other books, they all get lumped together in Chronicles and retold. And as Chronicles retells those books some of the details change. Like it's not always the right person or their motive for why they did things isn't exactly on par with why they did things. So like those kinds of things we would Usually say like that. It didn't happen both ways Happen one way or the other Is that an error?
1: Well, I mean you you think about it, you know, it is people writing this and they are recounting their tale of what happened if you talk to any like investigator who investigates crimes and they talk to Five different people who were at the crime scene and watched this happen. They don't get one story They get five stories because our memory is not perfect and also different people are gonna catch different details. So, I mean, that's just because it's human or humans writing this, sometimes there's gonna be discrepancies. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's one of the things that makes the Bible more real than other holy books is because, I mean.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, some investigators would say, like, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they were completely unified in every last way, then they would question them Right. Uh, given what they've been through. When stories line up too well, they're like, something's off. You know, like they've been rehearsing this. Whereas the discrepancies, as you were just saying, actually add to the validity of like, this happened. These people obviously experienced this. They all remember it generally the same way, but with a few different details, you know. They don't have video cameras or anything like that to like fact check word for word. And so they're bringing to it, yeah, that would be
2: weird if there was fact checkers <laughs> in the day that the Bible was being written. Yeah, because well, it would be like, you know, for example, you're you're feeding the five thousand story. There was five thousand. No, there was six thousand lies. There was twenty seven thousand. There like, was
1: five thousand men. You're forgetting about their families and children.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like these are these are all these are just examples of if we say that it's an errant. First off, we just have to face the fact that we as a factual society, you know, today where we have the Internet and every last moment to document things, we would say in our society, would be like, no, these are not lighting up perfectly. So it only happened one way. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John aren't like multiverse versions of Jesus, right? Um, that so would be we, entertaining, though. Yeah. But we, we have Jesus to... Jesus in the multiverse. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> but we have to face the fact, like, these aren't perfect, but they're not wrong either. You know, they're not, like, here to mislead us or whatever. Okay. Even John, John especially, like, you know, we have the Synoptic Gospels. They're called Synoptic because they're synonymous you know there's like synergy between their
2: their similarities they're
0: all very much the same story but you get to John's like well I'm just gonna take the end and put it at the beginning and put the beginning in the middle and add a few stories no one else has talked about and throw in some extra symbolism throughout and just change the chronology of everything it's like Okay, John. Like, what we're, are you doing? We're man? looking for history here, John. What are you doing? You just changed everything. But at the same time, is he doing something sinful or wrong? And no, he has a purpose and point in, in doing all that. He
2: assumed you had seen the movie before. Yeah. And so he was trying to do something different.
0: Well, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Um, likewise, we come across other little errors. So, like for example, in the story of Cain and Abel, I'll just use this as as one example. Genesis 4, 8. (laughs) Cain spoke to his brother Abel. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Look, that escalated kind of quickly, you know. (laughs) Just a little bit. Your Bible is mostly based off of what we call the Masoretic Text, which was a collection of the scriptures um, at a certain point in time that we then translated into English. Since then, we have found older versions of the Bible And when we look at those older versions, we realize there's a sentence missing here. So it should say, if we were to look at the Hebrew version, the Samaritan version, Septuagint, Syriac, Vulgate, like these are all other versions of the Hebrew Bible. It should say, Cain spoke to his brother Abel, insert the sentence, let us go out to the field. And then the next sentence, which is there, and then they were in the field. Came rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. It still escalated quickly. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> but like there's this more grammatical structure, and we know what happened. We know why that verse is missing. Have you guys ever been at a computer but you have to type like a physical document that's in front of you? You're typing it, mm-hmm. like looking back and forth. You ever skip a sentence because the way that one sentence ended with a letter?
2: Started with the next one, and so well, you Well, yeah, you look it.
0: away, and when you look back, you look at the same letter, but it's like you're actually like a sentence Sense. forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's happening here. It's, it's basically the same Hebrew letter. Scribe is translating, looks over, looks back, looks over, and is unaware in the Masoretic text that he's skipped one sentence because he's looked back at the same letter in a different spot. We can tell that's what happened, and we see... Uh, Those who do, like, language studies in the Bible, they see all the kinds of grammatical things that we do on a computer. They, of course, do when they're doing scribes and whatnot. Likewise, there's other uh, manuscripts of um, the Bible out there that, like, are different from ours. And we're always looking for, like, what's the oldest one we can find because that probably was less edited over time. Scribes were smart, trained individuals who would... um, occasionally sometimes maybe even alter something to try to explain it better over time using the knowledge that they they had so we talked about before but like revelation the number of the beast is 666 but some manuscripts say 616 just because it was a math equation that they thought someone else in another area would understand better if they did a math a different way Mm -hmm. the end of the gospel of mark and you can check this in your bible (laughs) Um, you see the the brackets here yes the reason these brackets are here is because mark the original mark manuscripts don't have that ending Uh, it even says right here in the ESV some of the earliest manuscripts do not include 16 9 through 20 and because of that actually uh, the end of mark ends incredibly abruptly so you can see why someone would want to write an an ending to it the woman who is caught in adultery, technically that's not in some of the earlier manuscripts that was added in sometime later. Uh, does that make these verses bad or inappropriate? Or did God want these to be written in later? You know, like maybe, possibly. But obviously in just a few little glimpses we've had, the Bible is a lot more complicated than than we often make it out to be. And this is the kind of stuff that when a person who's been a Christian their whole life, And has been told what Olivia has been told, like, this is what it says, God's word, I believe it, that's all I need. (laughs) Don't question it, something like that. When those Christians get to academia (laughs) and have to learn about the weapon that they're going to use for the rest of their life, plenty of them just give up on faith altogether. Because everything that they've been taught for so long you know it's like the bible is this perfect and errant thing they get to school and then they're like all right let's look at the errors (laughs) or or the confusing parts and they don't know what to do with it okay so the word that i'm going to use to describe this is more like infallible instead of inerrant like this is god's word as casey was saying like it's divinely inspired in the same way that I don't know if you guys, well, maybe you've had it happen in art or something like that, but like you feel the Holy Spirit's there and you're working on something and it comes out and you're like, wow, I can see God's presence in the way that this worked out. There's times where I'm writing and like just the flow of it all is so easy and seamless that Mm -hmm. there's almost a spiritual quality to it. Now, what maybe you've experienced, I've experienced, or you've experienced would be low grade (laughs) compared to the Bible, I would say. So all of this writing is divinely inspired, or as the Bible says, it's God breathed, God's speaking out of it, he's using it. But humans also, you know, they're gonna run into their own cultural differences. Uh, So you have to kind of like contextualize is this really the way that it is? Or does does the truth that the Holy Spirit needs me to take away from this passage, is that different? So I like to use, for example, the old way of thinking of the cosmos in ancient times, right? We've talked about this before outside of this. Right. The earth was flat. The mountains were pillars that hold, held up a snow globe ceiling. That there was water behind that ceiling. You open up the windows and water pours through as rain. God lives somewhere above that watery, crystal, sapphire ceiling. Controlling the windows? Controlling the windows, and his throne is up there in the heaven of heavens, above the heavens, and Sheol is below the earth, this place where all the dead go. So, like, that's an example of scientifically how they thought the world was. Do we believe that? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) No. I mean, there may be some carryover in there. Obviously, we believe in land. We believe in water and mountains and stars and all these things. But we know that they were wrong in their conception of the universe. The world isn't flat. There isn't this dome over the earth that holds back the water. That's what clouds are for. You know, like... So, like, that would technically be, from their assumption, like, an incorrect way of looking at the world. But does that mean that it holds no value for us? I say no. You know, like, God's in control of the water. God's in control of letting it through, of taking care of us, of providing for us, of of protecting us. Because if that wasn't there, we'd all just be destroyed. You know, like, there's still Holy Spirit... Uh, inspiration there it's true in everything that it means to affirm and communicate to us even though we might look at something like that and be like "eh, it's technically not correct and what you'll actually find is that any error or conflict that you come across it's never on anything important or crucial (laughs) like it's it's not like oh no did jesus feed five thousand or three thousand we got to figure this out or we're all going to hell you know like it's (laughs) It's never like that. It's the Bible is very unified in its belief from uh, beginning to end, and it progresses on other beliefs and understandings. And Jesus really becomes the peak of all of it, where he shows up. Uh, he, you know, shows everyone like I actually I am the Word. <laughs> if you want to understand what God's saying and who he is and what he's done. You need to look at me. I am the fullness, the completeness, the ultimate representation of who he is. When you see me, you see the Father. That's basically what he says. And that's helpful for me because there are plenty of times in the Old Testament where I'm like, help me explain this because this doesn't look like the, Jesus, or like the God that Jesus showed us. And so I have to actually, this is why I spend so much time preaching and reading through the Gospels. It's because I actually need to start there. If I can know who Jesus is, then I can go to the Old Testament and read it and start discerning, and I subject it all to Jesus. And I think that's what the New Testament does. When you look at like what Paul says all the time and all of them say all the time, what they say sometimes, like that doesn't sound very Old Testament-y. <laughs> but it's, I'd say it's because they subject the Old Testament to Jesus. So like we need to refigure all this out. All these prophetic words that we were thought about these things—they're actually about this thing, Jesus—and so we need to resubject it all, relearn it, and look at it all in the guise of Jesus,
2: and give a different context.
0: Give a different context, which is Jesus, which is the Word, which is the fullness of divine inspiration. So, right. so yeah, that becomes it. There, it's complicated, right? On one hand, some people will toss us out saying it's not important. On the other hand, some people will look at this and say, don't ever challenge anything, question anything, uh, and make sure that every verse is treated literal in every last single way. And then I'm trying to play this balancing game, (laughs) right? Where this is fully God's Word. It's divinely inspired. There is nothing in here uh, that is not touched by His Holy Spirit, meant to communicate truth to us, Meant to help us understand who God is, but if I don't subject it to Jesus, it can go all different kinds of ways and uh, can mess everything up. So, yeah. I don't know, thoughts or comments? Well, I or? think
1: that's a definitely debate that I think the church has been having is, is Jesus the hierarchy or is the Bible the hierarchy? And which one has to answer to the other?
0: Mm. Because some people treat this like the holy quadrilogy, right? There's a Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in the Bible. tree. you're worshiping the Bible instead of letting the Bible be Did the way in to which... Worship. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point.
2: Well, and also, I mean, the cool thing about the Bible is that uh, the trilogy exists. The trilogy is still alive today. It's still around. You can connect with it. Trinity. I said Trilogy, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. All
0: right. I meant
2: Trinity. Man, I am on Star Wars today. Or I, Star s- Trek. I said
0: Quadrilogy, so it's my fault. Yeah. Trilogy. Anyway. quadrinity.
2: So, yeah, the Trinity is still alive today. It's still something that we can connect with. So if you have questions or you have answers, you can then go to Jesus. You can go to the Holy Spirit. You can go to God and ask. Yeah. yeah. And, and I- that's... That's kind of comforting to know. And the
0: Bible expects you to do that. If you have questions, seek, knock, he will answer. If you need wisdom, ask, he will give it. So on and so forth, you know. Uh, the Bible expects you to bring it before Jesus. And people who don't bring this before Jesus say a lot of crazy stuff because they haven't put it in the order of where where it exists. Uh, so, like, that's just kind of like an entry conversation to the Bible. I honestly could go on forever, but... Here's the things you shouldn't have heard me say. You should not have heard me say that the Bible is wrong, that it is um, not important. (laughs) You should not have heard anything like that. I spend my whole life studying and preaching this. I'm not just going to say, no, the Bible was wrong. I'm going to go with what pop culture is saying. I stick with God's word and I say whatever this wants to say, it has to teach it to me. Because uh, let's be honest, when we when we want to just believe what we want to believe, we will toss this out the window every time. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I hope that helps. Should you ever go to study the Bible academically, now you won't have this existential crisis and leave the faith.
1: You probably will still have it.
0: You will have difficulty, maybe, maybe a little. But you should go into moments like that being willing. Really, for me, it was like. I've always wanted to understand this thing better. Yeah, explain it to me, teach it to me, and now let's sort it out so I can can have it done. So the conversation about the authority of the Bible is actually a pretty big conversation. We have only started it right now. There's more conversation to be had. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe down below.
1: And join us on the Discord so we can continue this conversation and really dive into it deeper.